With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, and uh, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We're here to talk about the Combine, uh, what we saw, what we liked, what uh, disappointed us. But first, some some big news that uh, I think everyone is aware of. Uh, it happened uh, late afternoon yesterday. Geno Smith was signed to a new contract prior to free agency. I guess you would call it, I don't know if it's an extension or a new contract. I guess they can they can negotiate with their own player um, on that. And um, there's a couple of details that still need to be ironed out as far as the cap hits um, in 2023, 2024, et cetera. Uh, but the parameters of the deal are known. And uh, let's talk about it. Welcome in. Yeah, you're not nearly excited enough in that intro. I'm just going to say, like, um, <laughs> getting getting your quarterback signed, it's the most important thing that this team needed to do in, in this free agency other than having a, um, a stellar draft, um, yeah, it's done. And they can now move forward knowing that the biggest thing that they needed to accomplish uh, going before free agency and everything is done. It's in the books. Um, and so, yeah, this is, it's, it's, this is big news. This is great. Um, it, is, and it is big news. It's a, and it's a budget contract for the Seahawks. Um, three years, uh, 75 million, 25 million, at AYP, it's 28 million in the first year, um, 22 in the second year, and 25 in the third. So, really, right in there. Um, what we don't know is the 
structure of that 28 in the first year, how much of it is salary, how much of it is bonus, because the bonus gets pushed out into the next two years, which keep the number down. He will not be eating up 28 million of Seattle's cap uh, this year. Um, it has a minimum of about 11 million in cap um, space and a maximum, of course, of 28, but it won't be that. It'll be significantly less. So uh, it just comes down to what do those numbers look like? And then what do those, what does the cap numbers look like in the other two years because they kept year one down? So yeah. um, ultimately, though, it's a two year, $50 million deal because that third year um, is essentially a void year. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, there's no guaranteed money. There's nothing in it. basically. And they would, so they'd cut him. They, they'd, the, they could push some guaranteed money out and they would have dead money at the end. Yeah, but there isn't um, from what the stuff that I've read is that all the guaranteed monies in the first two years, it's 40 million guaranteed. Um, it's all, the full 28 for this first year is okay. Signing bonuses counted in that. Um, and then 12 million in year two. So they wouldn't cut him. I don't think before year two, because they've guaranteed him $12 million in that. But if, if they've got a rookie that they draft this year, who's just absolutely raring to go, he would be a tradable asset a year from now. Um, and another team would take on that, that 12 million of guaranteed money and uh, all of that. So it, it ends up being a good deal. Now this is not the deal that was originally reported, What was originally reported when everything came out um, was three years, 105 million with three, $52 million in year one, which is an yeah. absolute terrible, just that's a disgusting contract. That would be <laughs> one of the worst contracts in Seattle sports history, because that, what that does is that puts you, um, that would absolutely hand handcuff this, the Seahawks this year. They would have to jettison a whole bunch of talent, veteran talent replaced with rookies and, and, um, you know, undrafted guys and, and in order to get under the cap. Um, and on top of that, there would be so much dead money built into it that you are stuck with him all three years. You can't get out from underneath it. Um, it would just have been a nightmare contract, but that is not what uh, the contract. And, and a lot of that was built on the idea of uh, incentives and yeah, uh, they I mean, $30 million of incentives into this contract and they still exist. So technically it is up to 105 up to is the, is the key wording there. Uh, yeah, it's not but, fully guaranteed. So it's unlikely the, to reach that level. Uh, and what the 52 is, million in year one is not possible. It's not that whoever um, came up with that number and I know who it is, but we don't need to like, um, you know, be giving that person press that they don't deserve. Um, and, uh, that that's just completely wrong. There's no way that, that you can reach that in year one. So, um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, it really comes down to when you're looking at all of this, that you've got an opportunity here for, uh, the Seahawks to continue to build this roster. Uh, it does not hamstring them this year or in the future. Um, it's actually kind of a bargain deal. Even if he earns those uh, incentives, well, that means he's been playing great football and the team's continuing to win and make the playoffs and go mm -hmm. deep into the playoffs and their quarterback's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Okay, at that point, it's still a, uh, a, um, a bargain because if he maxes everything out, he's still making like uh, 32 a year, 31 and two-thirds 
if you want to be exact. Um, and that's a bargain deal for a guy that that is hitting all of those incentives. Um, because that would put him in, you know, top five quarterback in the league thing. And he's still making, you know, a guy that's just under just outside the top ten. So yeah. And um, you're likely going deep in the playoffs, et cetera. So yeah. yeah, I am excited. Sorry to to be low energy at the at the top of the show. It it is interesting. I'm I I went into this thing kind of skeptical and kind of um, not sure how I felt about retaining Geno Smith on a deal um, until I read the, the, the contract terms um, at, you know, 33 to 35 million. That would have just been a huge mistake for me at 25 million. It's a no brainer. Um, and I talk, we've talked about this, you know, going on many weeks that that's kind of the pocket where I thought, I would feel comfortable. You were a little less, but I think if you really take a look at it from just a practical sense, this is just the way, this is where the NFL is now. This is where quarterback contracts are. And even when you account for all the quarterback contracts out there, this is still a really good deal. Um, considering that he's probably likely to play at a similar level. Um, a lot of this is incentive based and you can get out of this contract after a year. Um, or max two years. And I think that that's a really good position mm -hmm. to be in if you're the team. And for Gino, uh, he's able to to bank some serious cash. I mean, his lifetime earnings up until this moment were $17.5 million. So he's, he's happy. He's, li he's likely getting a check um, issued to him the moment he signs for more than that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and th that's... Perfect. And the guy, the guy has been super patient. He's worked really hard. He's studied hard. He's been um, humbled uh, a little bit, and then, but is is stayed there, stayed hungry, and kept working. He's earned an opportunity to actually cash in on the success that he had because it took him seven years of work before he got an opportunity um, to to jump out there and actually get a starting gig again. So good for him. Great for him. Um, and good deal. for the Seahawks for uh, having this be yeah, put together. Seattle's right? going to be in the position now to take it. Yeah. And, and Seattle's going to be in a position now where uh, I think the draft works better for them. In fact, you can, you can argue that this sort of a contract and the way that this is set up actually still allows them to pick a quarterback at the top of the draft if they sense that the guy that they really want and the guy that they think can lead them into the future is sitting there and they can go make that move and not hurt, hurt their roster by having two guys that are being paid, you know, high and one guy needs to play all the time. I think that controversy is just not going to be, be there. So I think they, mm -hmm. they can still go get their guy if they really need to. Otherwise uh, you bring Drew Locke back, you run the same thing back at the quarterback position that you had last year and you go, really defensive oriented in the draft. Obviously you're going to address some offensive things as well uh, in the trenches, but you've got a really, a, a lot of options available to you in this draft. I think it was played perfectly by John Schneider and Pete Carroll and, and company um, to, to really progress this roster. Now it really does depend on what the cap hits are in 2023, because we need as much, free agency spending as we can. We're not going to be big spenders, obviously, but if we can get one guy, one key position solved out of free agency, that would be very helpful heading into the draft with a couple of key additions and in, in rotation pieces and so forth. Because 
you're going to come out of that draft with four or five top 100 picks. Four of those are likely to either start or be impact players immediately. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're, they are in a great position. I, I What I like about this is it is not only does it not prevent them, it actually kind of suggests that they are going quarterback um, in this draft because what they've got is a two-year bridge. And it allows them to get a project quarterback. I know you're really big on, on Anthony Richardson. This, to me, screams um, an Anthony Richardson draft pick yeah. at five. Or, or um, Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker would be another one because he's a guy that isn't going to play in year one. And so he's going to be, um, you know, essentially redshirted the first year. And so then the, his, the second year, you know, the year after, that would be his rookie year, essentially. Um, and that would be the year that he would sit and watch Gino play. And then the, and what would be year three of, of his career, but really year two of him being a pro would be um, the, the year that he would, you'd expect him to come in and start. So that works really well um, there. I, and I think, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson's it's similar, right? He's a guy that super raw, but all, but massively toolsy and you don't want him out there in year one. You don't, he's not ready. He hasn't, you, you could break him um, and you could really break your team if you're running him out there. Um, and so he would be a guy that, that you could, you could take. Um, it was interesting because I was listening to the radio and they were saying that a bunch of guys from up in Seattle that they know that are um, either they cover the team or are um, in the building. were saying that the Seahawks are really high on Will Levis. And I re- heard that and I go, all right, so the pick's going to be Anthony Richardson um, <laughs> <laughs> because there's no way that that, you, that it would be so well known that uh, a team is really high on someone unless they were trying to convince other people that they're not in on someone else. You don't need to worry about Anthony Richardson um, if you're if you're picking if you're Atlanta right at eight. Um, if that's who you want, he'll still be available. So you don't need to trade in front of him, in front of Seattle, um, and because they're that's why they're that's why you'd be saying. Um, Will Levis so strongly. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, I think that's... it was pretty well known after the combine that the Seahawks and Anthony Richardson um, did, did well together. And in, in the interview process, I heard they knocked, mm-hmm. he knocked it out of the park with them and, and the rapport with Pete Carroll, according to Anthony Richardson himself was, uh, was pretty amazing. So why don't we jump to that, Keith? Why don't we yeah. start talking about the combine a little bit? Uh, that was this last weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got a chance to watch quite a bit of it, probably 75, 80% of all the things. And I came away really impressed with the top guys in the draft as well as just an amazing amount of depth at a couple of key positions that Seattle is probably looking at in this draft. I think we're going to come away with some really good players here. Mm -hmm. And it starts at the top. I mean, uh, Will Anderson, um, Bryce Young didn't participate, but uh, interviewed. Jalen Carter left early. We've already talked about that. I don't want to go into that at this point. CJ Stroud had an amazing um, combine in the uh, drill, uh, the drill portion of the combine throwing, mm-hmm. uh, sh- shown his precision, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think he really helped himself. Anthony Richardson. I mean, you want to talk about a prospect? Four four he's, three. He's he's one of the most athletically gifted prospects at the quarterback position. I think that um the league has ever seen uh mm-hmm. the guy is basically like derrick henry 
in, in a quarterback body and can sling the ball. So he can, he can truck people like Derrick Henry has the speed like Derrick Henry and can throw the ball 75 yards down the field. Um, he's raw, you know, he's definitely raw, but you know, I saw when he was doing the drills and so forth, he was hanging right in there with CJ Stroud, as far as making the throws, the, the touch balls that, you know, lofty balls down the field. It was fun to watch. And of course, you know, the, the vertical at 40 and a half, the, the four, four, three, 40, um, just looks like a monster out there. Uh, and, and a huge guy compared mm-hmm. to all the, all the other guys. So it was kind of crazy. What else yeah, did he, you? I would say with, within the, the quarterbacks, like there's, um, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting. It, it's hard to do quarterbacks at, you know, at the combine because you're not, you're thrown against air. Um, you're not even wearing pads. Right. So it doesn't mean that much, but, um, honestly, you look at, at the way it worked, um, guys like, uh, I mean, Richardson just is crazy. He but ran it. Guys, he ran 23.44 miles per hour yeah. at his, on his four, four forty. But guys like, um, Max Dugan, um, you know, showed, Hey, if you were looking for uh, a guy that can back up a mobile quarterback, if you're looking for a, um, someone to come in and be a backup for, um, in Philly, right. He's like, Hey, look at me. Cause he's like, I can do those things. And I, I can run, you know, like that and that kind of stuff. So, um, there's some guys that kind of made a note name for themselves. You, you know, Stetson, who really helped themselves Who? Dorian Thompson Robinson, the yeah, actually, out of UCLA, which I is, I think that he would be a great late, late round guy for Seattle. Yeah. Well, he'd be a late, great, a late round guy for somebody. Um, guy played 17 years in college and, um, Okay, maybe not, but it sure felt like he was at UCLA for that long um, and was really kind of mediocre until this last year. But yeah, he came out, really looked athletic, looked like, hey, if you want to, if you need a guy that can come in and be a backup for a, an athletic mobile quarterback, he's like, the guy you need is right over here, right? You know, I mean, so he really did what he needed to do um, in, in that, uh, you know, at the combine. So I wanted to share this. This is a little quote from Richardson on meeting Pete Carroll. So it was a cool moment um, when uh, when I met with the Seahawks. Richardson said he felt an instant rapport with energetic coach Pete Carroll. He had this big smile on his face. Richardson recalled, we shook hands and something about it was just different. You only see these guys on TV and now I'm in their presence and they're right there talking to me and they're interested in me. That makes me feel good. So that was, that's, that's what came out of that little, now you can read a lot into that, but, um, you know, they did meet, um, Mm -hmm. and, and Seattle's going to be in on some of these conversations. I think between now and the draft, you're going to hear constant, uh, news and and speculation on the quarterback class. Um, even though Gino is signed, it doesn't end the, the, uh, the speculation at the number five pick there's, you know, uh, John Schneider came out and said, you know, this is, you don't get a chance. Uh, very often to have this uh, type of pick and um, it wouldn't shock me at all if they use that pick on a quarterback. Now I'd be more surprised it, if they didn't, it wouldn't shock me as well. If they drop back, uh, if they do not intend to, to draft a quarterback, they would allow another team to come up and, and have uh, a selection and drop back to eight, nine, 10, gain another second round pick, maybe a third or whatever, or a future. Um, you talked about that a few weeks ago when we did our mock. You can only have so many picks in this draft because it's going to start piling up as far as um, the salary cap is concerned. But, and guys just making the team. 
Um, what else did you see in the combine that you really liked from any position? Well, let's just stick to the offense for at least for now. Um, I watched, uh, well, I didn't watch much, but I went over the results from uh, the offensive line because, you know, that's one of those things that, that I'm really looking at. And uh, there were a couple of surprises um, that were good. I mean, you look at a guy like, um, you know, Andrew Voorhees a, a, out of USC, who's a center prospect, I think, even though he's listed at guard, um, led all uh, offensive linemen with 38 reps <laughs> on the bench press. Do you know he, he did that with an ACL? Well, yeah, but it's bench press, so ACL doesn't. No. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, no, he, but, he completely blew his knee out. And the next day was the uh, was the bench press, and he went and did the bench press with with the torn ACL, mm. and did thirty eight reps with one leg wow. on the ground. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did not know that. Um, but yeah, so he just yeah. uh, kind of blew everyone away with that. And then the guy that you and I both really like in this draft that has a chance to, uh, it looks like he's going to be special. Um, Osiris Torrance out of Florida, the guard only did 23 which was yeah. a lot less than i expected i expected him to do a lot more than that um and yeah, so that was that was surprising and now here's a word from our sponsor DraftKings. the action never ends at DraftKings sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of this season like never before Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I I really like the 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 lineman in this in this draft class. Um, Darnell Wright had um, I thought the best combine out of any lineman. Uh, I think he looked the best at at the combine and in the workouts and the agility drills and so forth. Peter Skaronsky. Look like the best guard prospect. I'm calling him a guard prospect. You can call him a tackle, but he only measured at that you know 32 inch arms. Um, but he had a 34 and a half inch um, vertical nine and seven uh, broad at 313 pounds. Had a 1.75 10 yard split, which is excellent for that size. Um, who else looked good? Uh, Nick Broker, I thought his footwork and control looked good uh, when he was doing drills. Uh, could be a, a center prospect in the NFL. Um, who else? Uh, Cody Mock. Cody Mock, yeah. Um, he had a four point five five short shuttle. Um, he had a seven point three 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 cone. Um, that's like that's elite. That's a, that's better than a lot of tight ends. Yeah. And this is for a guard, right? This is a guy that's three hundred and twenty pounds. Um, and y- that's not white wide receiver or cornerback good but it's it's up there with those guys 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was that's impressive. Like that's just straight up impressive for a guy that size. So he's got what thirty two and a half inch arms or something like that. I don't have his measurables right in front of me, but um, he's the guy that you would definitely want to kick inside. He played left tackle, right tackle, and guard in college. I think he's going to play guard in the NFL, but he could definitely be a, a center option for you. But he's going to have to learn that position. Yeah. But but he's he's definitely a guy. I like Jordan McFadden out of uh, Clemson as well. Had a great combine. He's a guy that potentially could kick inside in the NFL as well. The, mm-hmm. the only reason I mentioned those things is Seattle needs a guard. We need yeah. a guard. We need a center. Um, we're going to be looking at guys like that, even guys that played tackle in college that have are a little shorter uh, lengthwise um, to to convert those guys. And I'm I'm not worried about that. I think that. Seattle would be interested in doing that. You know, your other option is to go with a Jarrett Patterson, for example, at a Notre Dame in the back of the third or fourth round, if he's available. John Michael Schmitz is a guy that everyone's projecting to go in the top of the second round, and Seattle would be an option there. Uh, but if if he goes earlier for some reason, which it, it could happen, uh, there's a lot of teams that like him, and he fits a lot of different schemes. Um, Seattle may have to look at, at other options. Cody Mock could be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you go into the year though, looking at Cody Mock to be your starting center, but he could start out at guard and then move inside later on. I like the the same idea for Peter Skaronsky. For me, if you're going to move back in the draft or he's hanging around at 20, he might be the best player on the board and you take him mm-hmm. and you, you're not asking him to play tackle for you. You're going to kick him inside if you're the Seahawks. And he's a guy that if you have an injury at tackle, you can move him over there. Exactly. You know that he right. has the experience and there's a lot of stuff that he can do there that will be good, um, even though he doesn't have the length to be the full-time guy that you really want to build around at, yeah. at tackle. I think so. the other guy at center that Seattle would be really interested in is Luke Weipler. Uh, yeah, the, he had a good at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He did have a really good. He's got the wrestling background. He had the 4.53 short shuttle. He's a perfect specimen for that uh, stretch zone scheme that Seattle runs. Um, he's a guy that you'd probably end up having to spend a third round pick on possibly back of the second. I, I hope not, but anything's possible. Um, but if you drop back, say from 20 to 26, 27 in that range, and you pick up another third round pick, maybe it's an early third round pick, something like that would be perfect. Um, another guy that um, I looked at in you know the, the combine that wasn't really kind of on my radar that much uh before the combine was john Gaines um out of ucla um guy who's 64 303 um 33 and 5 8 inch arms so he's yep. got he's got the length almost you know enough to be a um a tackle but he's a guard and then you start looking at some of his numbers and his um you know, a three cone of 7.31 again, that's, that's, that's crazy. And a short shuttle of 4.45, uh, which is like crazy fast. Yeah. Um, really well. And, you know, this is a guy that you're like, wow, athletically, there's a lot to work here with here. Um, and all of that, like he could, he athletically, he's a guy that looks like he could be a, um, a major contributor at the NFL level. So, um, Guy that guy said not really on my radar. Down, I had him, you know, looking at stuff, and and he was down really low. Um, you know, like fourth, fifth round, 
but he, these numbers are making me think that he's probably going to go earlier than that and probably worth going earlier than that. Yeah. So I'm just going to move around a little bit. So I thought some wide receivers did well. I think uh, Quentin Johnson, obviously, uh, is a guy that measures extremely well, uh, obviously tests well at his size. Um, Zay Flowers, a little undersized, but as for a slot, he was one of the best ones at the Combine for sure. And in this draft, Tyler Scott, same sort of deal, Josh Jones. Um, so a lot of guys helped themselves there. Tight ends, Darnell Washington. What? I mean, that guy looked amazing. He was crazy. He was like six foot seven, 255, 260 pounds, um, ran well, tested well, did the drills well, caught the ball. Um, now that's not going to be his specialty uh, when he first comes into the NFL, but, um, he can, he, he, he prides himself as being the sixth blocker. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the third tackle or whatever, you know, he wants to call himself. Um, I thought Zach, uh, Newt's, um, tested old extremely well, old dominion. He was for me, when I looked at the, through a large lens at the, t- at the tight end group, uh, going through all the drills, the, the testing, all that stuff. Um, I thought that he was one of the best performers at the combine. Well, he, um, if you take everything and you uh, push stuff together into a single um, score, so Spark is one way to do him. Um, EST, which is uh, basically kind of the same idea, but it it just rounds everything to so that a hundred is basic. Um, he or sorry, a hundred is kind of like ideal. Um, he scored a ninety-four. He's the the most athletic. Um, uh, tight end in the entire combine um and it's six and at six foot seven 255 he's going to be a big target i really liked him and and at 255 i mean that's the guy that uh could block for you and so this will that i mean old dominion okay you like think about level of 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 competition and, and the big jump to the nfl but you know, it can be done. And, you know, um, Seattle doesn't isn't have a great need right now. He was projected. A lot of the big boards have him in the sixth round, um, seventh round possibly. And if Seattle, you know, if he's sitting there in the fifth round, we've got a couple of fifth round picks. Um, a guy like that makes sense. Come in and play special teams right away. See if you can push. Uh, um, uh, which we call it. Off the Cody Parkinson. Off, uh, see if you can push Parkinson, but and um, you certainly need to make the team, but it would be great. Um, what else, Keith? Keon White didn't test, but he did the unfilled agility drills. I was kind of disappointed in that. Mozzie Smith didn't test. Uh, Kalijah uh, Cancy, I thought, looked really well. Um, there's going to be a lot of demand at that position in this. Um, in this draft mm-hmm. and Seattle's really looking. I think uh, Smith could definitely be a contender for Seattle. You'd have to probably use the, you know, trade back in the first and, and use that pick or the first pick in the second round on a guy like that. But he would anchor your entire defense in a three, four at nose tackle. Uh, Mozzie Smith would be perfect for that. Yeah. I mean, super athletic uh, guy. I guess I agree. I like it's, it's too bad. He didn't test and, and, um, do some of the, some more of that just so we can get a, a number attached to it. Um, but a couple of guys that I was watching for and um, just because I wanted to see where they came out athletically 
would be um, middle linebackers. So Noah Sewell out of Oregon and Henry Tuotuo out of uh, Alabama. Um, and, you know, Noah Sewell did pretty well. I mean, like mm-hmm. that, like I said, that, that, um, that combined score um, as far as the athleticism of 78. So a uh, highly athletic guy, um, whereas Tuotuo is 65. So not the, um, you know, not the, the athlete that I think some people expected out of him. Uh, and coming in, you know, 227, he's undersized for a middle linebacker, especially in a 3-4. So I think there's there's some concern. that We may see him um, slide down a little bit uh, in the, um, you know, on draft boards overall. Yeah, yeah. I was going to come back to uh, Zach uh, Kuntz just for a half a second. He ran a 4-5-5-40 um, at 6-7 and 3 eighths and 255 pounds, plus a 40-inch vertical. I mean, that's explosive mm-hmm. um, traits for that guy right there. I don't care if he was from Old Dominion. He's definitely on the radar now at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam Laporta from Iowa, I thought, was the most natural-looking um, pass catcher uh, in the drills. just wanted to mention that. Um, wide receivers. Uh, it looks like if Seattle wants a wide receiver in this draft, they're, they're going to be able to find one. There were like... Uh, 12 or 13 guys run a sub four four forty. Um, that's kind of what they're looking for. Seattle needs a, a third wide receiver, I think. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. I personally, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we use like our second pick in the first round on a, on a wide receiver, if somebody's uh, hanging around um, that they really like. Of course, it wouldn't shock me if we waited until the fourth or fifth round either, but um, it just depends on, on the way the board falls and, and stuff. I mean, the wide receiver, there's a lot of slot receivers this year. And a I'm lot like, of are, slots, a lot. Are you going to Are you gonna spend a first-round pick on a slot receiver? Yeah, I don't think so. But if, like, Quentin Johnston was sitting there at 20, I, it'd be hard-pressed not to take him. The best receiver in the class. I don't know if he's dropping that far. Yeah. Um, so, so. Know, people seem to, to like Jackson Smith, uh, Smith uh, Nigba, um, and, and a couple others. Um, yeah, Addison out of usc mm-hmm. and so i i don't know I, there's all sorts of flavors in this draft for sure late round guy uh, bryce ford wheaton uh, jumped uh 41 inch vertical thought i'd mention that yeah, um big. so corner's another one that I, that I was interested in just the cx don't need one so they don't have to like force it or anything like that they're four deep there um you know go before free agency or anything starts um and so I was kind of just looking, I'm like, okay, who are some guys, you know, that, that are just interesting to me. Um, and so you look at a guy like, um, Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland, um, you know, ran, did some like 4.30 in the, in the 40, uh, 40 and a half inch, uh, vertical jump, 11, uh, foot one inch, um, broad. Jump. Who, so just, who are we talking about? Um, Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Yeah. And and so these are just some crazy ath- um, athlete numbers, and but then he's five eleven, ran a four three oh forty two. Yeah, uh, so he's five eleven and only thirty one and seven inch arms. So he does not have the length that teams like at corner. Um, but Seattle has shown with guys like DJ Reed mm-hmm. um, that you know length is great on the outside, but in the in, on the as a slot guy, um, they're not afraid to have smaller guys. And having a, a slot corner 
with that kind of speed and athleticism and and just everything like that would be uh, a tremendous um you know get in middle uh rounds late rounds to cave uh, mm-hmm. a guy that you could just stick in there and just know that he's not even though he's a slot guy he's not getting beat deep not with that speed yeah so yeah and there's other guys too i mean deontay banks had a four three five forty also had uh 11.4 uh inch broad jump mm-hmm. um and the vertical he had a 42 inch vertical Deon ba- deontay banks uh, he's probably going to go in the back of the first uh, early second round. Seattle's probably not likely to go, but a guy like Julius Brents had a 41.5 inch vertical um, and and ran really well. Um, Julius Brents, I don't see his 40 time though. He might not have run the 40, but um, also had a 11.6 broad jump as well. So very explosive guy that should be there in the you know third fourth round. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just a lot of guys. Christian Gonzalez, I thought, looked fantastic. Uh, definitely yeah, a top 10 contender at the cornerback position, the guy from uh, Oregon. Um, oh, he should else? be. Um, he's likely the first corner off the board, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, so, Joey Porter Jr. has got the name recognition. but I like Joey uh, Porter Jr. too. I really do. But he's a, he's a top 20 guy. I think Gonzalez is just special. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a, a shutdown type of corner. Well, I was really lost. disappointed. Go ahead. Oh, so the other, and then the other guy that that we're not even mentioning—that's that's also top um, first round guy—is Kylie Ringo, who ran really yeah. well, three point uh, or four point three six um, forty. Which uh, that's, I think that's, he's a, he's a, got a great body. He's got the length. He's got the speed, the size, etc. But when you go look at him play, he has some trouble picking up the ball and uh, in coverage and. Um, so uh, as far as a s- skills player at the cornerback spot, he's like my fourth or fifth guy to me hmm. and, and out of the first round. Um, I know that he's, you know, he's got the size and all the attributes you're looking for in a corner, but I think he needs to work on his game a little bit. That's just so, me. But one, the one thing that uh, you, you're, you might be missing here, why I think he's like such a perfect fit for Seattle. His hometown is Tacoma, Tacoma. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think he, he yep. was lived in Tacoma until he was a sophomore or something like that, right? Yep. Sophomore. Um, no, um, that's joking aside, but um, yeah, no, right? there's some I mean, really, be a great there's some really nice corners. This is a, this is a corner deep draft. Yeah. Um, and there's some really good ones at the top and, and the, the quality just, pers- you know, Depth persists all down through the entire draft uh, without a lot of, there's not like any. That going to be able to get some gaps. Depth. Yep. So uh, it's a good corner draft. Yep. So the other, the other position that I just care in this combine was safety. The safeties, you know, were plotters. They, there wasn't very many guys that ran very fast. Most of them in the four fives, four sixes, mm-hmm. size, weight, speed guys that just weren't there. Um, you know, Sydney Brown looked great. Um, broad jump was 10, 10. Uh, a couple other guys, uh, Trey Dean had a nice uh, broad, uh, uh, GR Brown um, out of Penn State looked okay. Jatavius uh, Martin had a 44 inch vertical, which was just crazy, right? But other than that, there were a few, you know, good testers, but 40 yard dashes were abysmal. Jordan Battle had a 456, 457. Sydney Brown, mm-hmm. 449. He was one of the faster prospects along with Brandon Hill. Other than that, Trey Dean, 
five or 4.75, 4.78. Anthony Johnson Jr., which is listed as a corner, but he can play safety, 4.56, 4.54. He's a bigger guy with length. Um, Jatavius yeah, Martin. His, uh, Anthony Johnson Jr., his his vertical was at 37 and a half is good, but not yeah. great. Yeah. Broad jump of 10, 10 foot, five inches is good, but not great. He didn't right. do the agility drills. Yeah. Right. Um, I just and, thought and, all these things were just really vanilla across the board. Yeah, four, four, five, four. I mean, none. Where's there's no elite number here, and no. um, so good tape. Like I like the the player, but show me the athleticism that shows me that you're gonna be able to take that step and have it translate. Um, Antonio Johnson, who's the other one. Those it's uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. and Antonio Johnson are the two guys that I've kind of just been like keyed in on a little bit and mm -hmm. antonio johnson was had a did not have a good combine um you know 31 inch inch over uh, nine foot 10 inch broad jump only eight reps on the bench press um overall Even, athletic, yeah overall athletic score of, of just 59 um and out of 100 mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. just that you that a guy that you really liked prior to this uh, the combine jamie robinson uh, -huh. uh ran a four six yeah you know 40 and not yeah, a good Chris Smith, four six six, um, forty. You know, he was supposed to be, you know, the the guy from uh, Georgia, supposed to be, you know, probably top of the third round. Um, so there's really nothing special here for me. Um, if Seattle needs a safety, um, that that needs to be have an impact right away, I don't know that they're going to find that in this draft. I think they'd have to go into the free agency to to bring somebody in, possibly. But there's some, you know, I'm sure there's some uh, some gems in here as well. You know, uh, sometimes you don't need that speed to to translate onto on-field performance. And so Seattle's going to have to pick and, and uh, be very, very careful if they bring somebody in. And, you know, a guy that can play special teams right away. I really liked the defensive tackle and defensive end uh, and edge rusher class, though. Um, I thought overall... Um, there was a lot to like as far as, um, the drills. Um, and it started with a guy by the name of, uh, Ede Ede. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. I, I can't pronounce his name at a, at a Baware at a Northwestern six two, 282 did, pounds. Did great with that. What are you like? I don't know. Like that's, that's uh, that you did that. You're on it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but he had a thirty. He had a thirty-seven and a half inch uh, vertical, ten point five broad. But he ran a four four nine forty, and a, and a one point six one ten yard split at two hundred eighty two pounds, uh, with thirty three and seven eighth inch arms, ten and a half inch hands. That's a guy. So if you missed out on like a Van Ness, so if say Seattle really loves Van Ness or Miles Murphy in this draft, a guy that's you know going to play a five tech for you a little bit or a guy that's multiple along the uh, defensive line can move inside to three tech and pop outside rush of the passer um this guy's got to be on their radar you know at this point i know he probably was prior but to see it in at the combine for me is just something else um mm -hmm. he was a he just looked fluid he was a guy that really stood out to me um van ness i thought stood out to me um he just looked really good had one of the best three cone times uh as well at 7.02 um it's a guy i i i just he reminds me of um rasheem green um only better like a better version of rasheem green mm -hmm. um and that's a name that i would seriously watch for seattle especially if we go quarterback early vanessa sitting there at 20 
uh, he could be a guy. Also, Brian uh, Byron Young out of uh, Tennessee. Uh, he looked great at the combine. Um. So, uh, Brian Breesy, who you know, one of those guys on the the Bruce I Feldman like freak list. Yeah. And I like I, I like his tape. I like him. Uh, I was expecting him to test a little better um, than yeah. he did. I mean, uh, four eight six in the in the forty for a defensive tackle is good. Same with the um, you know one point one seven ten yard split. Um, didn't do the agility things, uh, the, but the, the vertical of, of, um, 29 inches, I was expecting a uh, better, like I said, he didn't do the agility drills. Didn't do he the broad point three two shuttle, which was good. He did. Yeah. Okay. Cause I've got him as, as not, um, having done the shuttle, yeah, um, the and a bench press of 22 reps. Um, yeah. and something I, I would have again i would have expected a little bit better these aren't bad numbers in any way I uh, especially the, he's the running guy, ones he's, he's the guy on the come because uh he went through a lot of adversity um yeah, he where did. he was at at clemson a lot of stuff going on his sister died this last year mm-hmm. um i'm not trying to make excuses for him you know he's he's responsible for himself but i think a lot of his attention was diverted away from football this year um, and I think he's, he's a player. I think that Seattle is going to be extremely attracted to just oh, because yeah. of that character and the, the, the adversity that he's gone through and overcome. And, and then you look uh, at Pete the Carroll on-field, is going to love a guy like that. Yeah. You look at the on-field production, um, in terms of, you know, there are times when he's, he looks unblockable, um, great, like three tech penetrator. Um, yeah, just fantastic, um, player. And then, yeah, you look at like, you know, missed, he missed time. He missed, um, uh, a game cause his sister passed away. She was 15. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? That's, that's just, a very sad story. God, brain, that's just depressing. Brain tumor. Yeah. Um, and then he also missed uh, a game because of a kidney infection, <laughs> um, which, yeah, no, he I'm went like, through everything, right? Yeah. And so you're fighting through those kind of things, but still managing to look unblockable, um, at times on the field. And you're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is clearly someone who who's you know they've dealt with adversity they've dealt with everything that you could possibly um deal with and mm-hmm. have continued to do well so uh, i'd be all over a guy like that i would too and if you're going to find somebody in the later round uh, jalen redmond looked great at the combine um same group in the in the defensive tackle spot tested really well had the same uh tackle split at 171 that that brian Breesy had um just so you know uh, Kalijah Kansi had a one six four split, which is Whoa. tremendous. Um, let me see. Oh, another guy. Oh, so Nolan Smith. I want to talk about Nolan Smith a little bit. Undersized um, linebacker slash edge guy. He's at two hundred and thirty pounds. Um, but he's so fast and so quick. He ran a one point split. Um, I'm trying to find his 40, well, he's an edge guy anyway, but, um, you know, I thought he did really well. Yeah. Yeah. Diaby, uh, is another guy as another name. It's like, uh, came into this thing with a, uh, big board, uh, ranking in the seventh round or an undrafted guy tested so well, he's going to get drafted. Now there's somebody's going to bring him in and pick him up. Um, Will Anderson, I thought, was a pedestrian tester. You know, the one six one split. Um, he had. Let me see if I can go down here. He didn't run the. He didn't do a shuttle. 
Um, anyway, uh, and when you look at him in the drills, I, I thought I just saw a player that was going through the motions. I didn't see a player that was really fighting um, to, to do everything that he could to stand out and, and be the best. That concerned me just a little bit. So if Seattle's in play at five and Will Anderson sitting there, you got to go to the tape. You know, oh, you've yeah. got to go to the interviews, all that kind of stuff. Well, there's a reason just don't why. Test well. well, and sometimes, you know, he's out there being told by his agent. He's like, they're like, look, do stuff, but don't hurt yourself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you don't have to push it. You're, you're, people are thinking of you as maybe the first overall pick to to Chicago. So don't, like, you're there to be interviewed and all that kind of stuff, but just don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he might have been out there just, like, not pushing himself. And that's why is his testing was where it was and he'll come out at the, at his pro day and, and show that he, you know, he's a better athlete than that. Interesting. Yeah. I just, I think Seattle's going to come away with a couple of defensive tackles in this draft. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. A, we just don't have enough on our, on our roster and, and B we're, we're looking for better scheme fits. You know, um, Shelby Harris might, might have a contract restructure or, or cut uh, as a casualty. I don't think so because he was one of the only guys that was in a three, four prior to coming into Seattle and then did pretty well. I think they're, you're looking at though at a restructure there because you don't want to have a guy like that at a 12 or $13 million cap hit. I think it's, it's a guy that you want to keep around, I think. So if you can get him under a a three-year deal and push some of that out, um, enable us to go uh, get a center, for example, in the free agent market or an offensive guard, or a third wide receiver, et cetera, maybe another defensive tackle. So a guy that um, I was kind of impressed with here on, on the defensive line that um, I already kind of liked, but then I, I think this kind of cemented that he might be a good Seattle fit is Siaki Ika out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a, a great combine. And if you think of it in terms mm-hmm. of just pure numbers, but he's 300. Not a yeah, great he, tester. He's a 335-pound uh, nose tackle. So the fact that his, um, you know, 10-yard split on the 40-yard dash is like the eighth best overall out of, um, you know, defensive tackles will tell you something about the fact that this guy's got some power yeah. and some explosiveness. And he's got a quicker first step, despite the fact that he's that big. Well, um, he had a 3.7, a, a, a three, or excuse me, a 7.8. Uh, three cone. So, you know, a little plotting, but that his job is to take on double teams and not allow the, the, the line of scrimmage to move. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he does yeah. a really good job at that. I just don't know if I would spend a second round pick on him. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to go second round. I mean, um, I think non- I would rather have that, that other guy. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, non, um, non pass rushing defense tackles don't tend to go that high yeah. i'm thinking that you can probably get him in round three yeah i i was thinking of mozzie mozzie smith i would rather i think i would rather have mozzie oh yeah smith in the middle well, mozzie smith is more of a a guy that can attack he'll he he'll can but he's also 335 pounds too yeah agreed um anything else um no i think overall um the uh the only other thing that 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 kind of scared me a little bit was uh, looking at um, Bryce Young at quarterback and have him just standing around. Well, he's five ten, um, which puts 5'10 him and an eighth. 
he's shorter than Wilson, doesn't have Wilson's um, just crazy escapability, right. um, but he's going to have a lot of the same problems of seeing and, and doing did, stuff over the middle of the field. He did come in at 204. Yeah, but still, just look at him when he's standing around, he's there, and, and, and you're just seeing him compared to the other guys that are out there. He just looks tiny. Yeah. He doesn't look big, like not just the height, but just like thickness and everything. Mm-hmm. He just looks tiny. He's just not a guy that's big. And um, how big is his pro day going to be, Keith? I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, team like the teams that teams matter for made, him is going to be like the Texans. They've probably made up their mind. They either are drafting him uh, number two overall or they're not you know what i mean like i think the teams that matter that actually care are the ones at the very very top and they see the quarterback that go. hangs around and is drafted fourth of you know, fourth quarterback taken i know i still i think he's going to houston that too cj stroud sure had a good combine he did i mean testing and uh, interview process i heard great things about him um and, stroud and just the has, arm he's been considered the number one um, you know, overall prospect for a lot of the year. Um, yeah, we'll love, and I'm sorry. Um, Bryce Young kind of ended up there. Um, and you saw Will Anderson and um, Jalen Carter both take that spot from him for a little bit. But CJ Stroud has been that guy that's kind of just everyone else moves around, and he's always at one or two. And I mm-hmm. can see. I, I honestly, it looks like. He had a good combine. He's he the showed. safest pick he in is. this draft, I think. Yep. And um, if I had what to about, guess right now, I'd say he's he's going to Indy. What about um, Anthony Richardson, Keith? Guy came in, did everything he could to move the needle in this combine, and I thought he did because mm-hmm. the way he tested, the way he threw, apparently he was the best interview. Out of all See, that's, the that's prospects, the part, that's the part that 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 matters to me. I knew you, you if you've watched him play at all, you knew he was going to come in and light up the the combine sure. and just jump sure. out of the building and look freakishly athletic because he's freakishly athletic. I wanted him to come in and just kill the interviews, um, and that's what he did. And by many accounts, um, a lot widely reported that a lot of teams interviewed him, liked him, did well, like, you know, the scouts and stuff talking to media members saying, wow, this guy just, just killed it. Um, That's important because he's a project. He has, he needs a lot of work, Um, but you need a guy that's going to be coachable. Um, You need a guy like Josh Allen, who is got all the, all of the upside, all the tools you could possibly want and is willing to put the work in and listen to the coaches and get better at the things you need to get better at so you can get the most out of those tools. And I I wanted Richardson to do that. He did it. I feel so much better the fact that I think Seattle's in on, in on Richardson. Uh, him killing the interviews meant a lot to me, and I'm glad to see it. And signing Geno Smith, I think allows you to draft Richardson and be okay because you're not asking mm-hmm. him to come in and start right away unless you know, for, God forbid, uh, something happens to Gino uh, injury wise. But you know, a guy like that uh, investing in your future, 
when you have the um, the opportunity to take advantage of your draft spot at five overall and get one of the premier talents. Now it's definitely a home run swing. You know, it's not a guarantee. So mm-hmm. you're taking a swing, you're taking a shot, you're putting yourself in the game. Um, there's no guarantee of success, but you're doing everything you can. If, if, if Schneider comes out of this thing, done all of his work, all the due diligence on this prospect, and he's the selection at five, I'll be ecstatic. Well, to me, I look at it as, um, you know, the, his floor is pretty low. I mean, he's, his floor is, um, Christian Hackenberg or, you know, some of these other super athletic his guys. Floor that, is you can, he can be a running back for you. <laughs> uh, but, but that, well, that's the thing is his ceiling is a young Cam Newton, you know, that, that can just beat Dante you, Culpepper. beat you in, in every way. Oh yeah. A young pre ACL Dante Culpepper who could just beat you in, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and you're right. If he completely just comes in and his mechanics are unfixable. Okay. He's a running back. He's a tight end. He's such a good athlete. You can, you can get him on the field um, yeah. and do other things with him. Um, you but, also had two first round picks in the year that he was uh, yeah. chosen. And that gives you leeway. It's flexibility. Yeah. Cause if he, if he does, if he, if it doesn't work out, it's not like, oh, and it, and it came on a trade and it came on a trade, mm-hmm. you know, and it came it, it, as a result of Denver, you know, completely sucking last year. That's why we're picking five. Thank Otherwise you, we'd be, we'd be picking 20 and 21st. I mean, that's where we thought we were going to be picking anyway. We yep. thought we were going to have the native pick at five. Um, so, you know, this is to me, it's um, house money with this it pick in, in a sense. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Do we want to improve on the defense? Yeah, we do. Do we need to do it with the top five pick in the in the draft? Is it going to make that much difference compared to a guy that we pick at thirty seven? I'm not so sure on the defensive side if it no, does. But man, that that uh, that that pick at the top, Richardson, if it hits, you're setting your franchise up for a long time. Well, and it comes down. Part of it to me is um, the the guy that, as far as scheme fit and need, the ideal fit was Jalen Carter. But with his legal stuff that's going down, yes, you know what? Right, right. Um, you're better off taking you're better off taking a swing with with Richardson. I, than, I that's the way I, that's what I've come to. Now let me ask you this, and we'll get out of here. Uh, for me, the worst case scenario for me is Seattle stays at five and drafts Will Levis, and the reason wow. that I say that is because I think that Will Levis is going to be a mediocre pro. I think he's going to be, um, who's the kid, um, from like Kirk cousins. Oh no. He's going to be like that. He's going to be like cousins. Kirk cousins uh, has a mediocre arm and all that. Even though this Uh, guy has an arm, I just don't, he's got a trust. He's got a cannon. I just Uh, don't trust his, his accuracy. I, I, my, what I look at when I see him is I see a guy that was playing with, um terrible talent around him you know he had right receivers that couldn't get off the line of scrimmage couldn't get separation at all um o line that was just as bad as seattle's has ever been and seattle's had some really bad ones recently um and, and just playing with nothing around him and still willing that team to a bowl game um in each of the last two years 
and uh, I have I I'm not concerned. I, I you have to take into account the talent um, around guys and who they're playing against. And absolutely, I would just be uh, for me. I you know he's not a tilt the field player for me. He's not. Five, he's not Richardson I'm in thinking terms of that athleticism. I would try to take the swing. He's a much better. He's a better a better prospect. Um, as he's, far he's as, ready to go. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's battle tested. Absolutely, and the thing is, like his completion percentage is low, but he's throwing to people who aren't open. There's no separation being being um, generated by his wide receivers, and he's got people in his face on every play. There's no clean pocket for him. Um, and so I look at those two things and I'm like, he is a better prospect than those numbers show. And especially if you go back a year to when he had a couple of better players with him, um, he looked really good and I'm, I have no concern. So you would feel this. comfortable drafting Will Levis or would, any of the four quarterbacks. I would feel comfortable drafting CJ Stroud and Will Levis. If you needed a starter this year. I feel comfortable drafting Anthony Richardson if you have uh, a Geno Smith type there to give you a year or two. Um, and I would be okay drafting um, Young if you're a team that's not Seattle and therefore if he ends up being fragile and broken by the end of his first game like Tua, um, it doesn't hurt you. <laughs> He's a great prospect in terms of his tape is amazing. Yes. I I have I have uh, two Atunga Viola um, vibes from him where I don't think he's ever going to be healthy. He's just too small, and he's just going to get crushed in the NFL. Okay, so let's wrap this thing up. Next time we come back, we're going to be doing the defensive uh, edge players, uh, outside linebackers in a 3-4. Um, that'll be a fun show, and we'll continue mm-hmm. to go uh, defense all the way through until uh, we're done with the prospects in between. We're going to take a look at free agency. Uh, have a few of those shows coming up. That starts in just a week, Keith. I can't believe it. I know. Um, and uh, yeah, so fun, fun times. Uh, we'll be back again this week another couple times. So please join us. You can find Keith on um, on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hockey. You know where the show's at. Hit the subscribe button when you find it on your favorite podcast platform. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button there. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.